I'm going to just let this rock for a little bit. Let it rock. Let it rock. We here, people. Good evening, Ooh. everyone. Hey, listen. When Wayne be talking, he be talking, don't he? He be spitting. Did you hear this? I did. I listened to it the other day. But before we start, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 91 of Speak On It. I am your host. Hold on, hold on, my brother. Let him get get a few off. Y'all go ahead. Hey. This goat talk. Ah, mm. uh, hey, when goats talk, we gotta listen. We talk. gotta listen. I don't know if we need a Wayne album. I just need Wayne to drop a single like every three months, and I think we'll be okay. Shoot, it, w- it would be nice if he did such a thing, but I mean, he put out enough features though, it might offset it, right? That's true. I mean, he's still Wayne. He is still Lil Wayne. My brother, how are you doing, though? I am doing all right. I can't complain too much. How are you? I'm doing good. Speak on it. Episode 91, people. We are back. We took some time off last week. Yep. Uh, thank heavens that we did because, boy. <laughs> Yo. Yeah. Yeah, but look, before we get into a couple of the housekeeping announcements, let me get out some housekeeping announcements of my own that I'm just going to start saying. Number one, check your pay, check your pay stubs, check your W-4s. Your, your employer do not give a damn, do not give a damn what comes out of your check. Start, start there. Check your pay stubs, check your W-4. You know why? Because when you get your W-2, Uncle Sam is going to get his. Always. Always. And there is no mafia bigger than the U.S. government. They move militantly. Uncle Sam is undefeated. They have yet to lose. Well, they I mean, they lost to the Vietnamese, but that's a big, way bigger difference story. The second... (laughs) the, The... the second thing that we that we must remember, and I want to, I'm gonna say this until these spots, the spot gets filled. There is, and there is one open spot in our fantasy ten team dynasty PPR league. If you are interested in inheriting or uh, a legend, a league leader, a a a generational talent. Please DM myself, DM Danny. We yep. can talk about it. But I will say you will inherit a, a, a really, I think, a really solid squad, especially yeah, after the draft lottery stay. last night. Especially after the draft lottery last night. You're going to, like, whoever inherits this team, it's quiet is kept. They're, 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 I think they're going to be set up for success for a few years now. Like some of the players they're going to have to drop to make room. For the incoming players, I have I am probably gonna pick up at least one or two. Like this roster is stacked. Too so bad it doesn't draft. Have... You're gonna draft, you're gonna draft because you you know you can draft free agents and rookies, right? Yeah, I know you can draft free agents, but I mean it's going to be like this. Yeah, whoever gets that team, I'm open for business. And and, and Greg, if you're out there, if you're listening, it's gonna take a whole lot to get the fourth pick. A lot. 
That guy has three first round picks or two. two no, you have. He three has two. I have yeah. three. Uh, Greg, if you ever hear this, don't send me no trades, bro, because I know you're gonna piss me off. You, 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 you got a knack for doing that. Yo, yo, <laughs> Greg, just be living. <laughs> he talking so much shit to that man. Dog, he just all he man. He fam. He asked me what the asking price for JT was. I right. told him. I literally said one on one is probably Bijan. So you're not moving him. I think his second one is uh, he has a, a second a, a second first. He has like, seven. He has seven because I have four. Seven. and He's talking to me about flipping. Yeah, he has seven, and that's what he it was. Seven. So, so I said, "Yo, I'll I'll take one on seven, and uh, I'll take one on seven and Damian Pierce. You can have you can have JT." Then then he tried to sell me on Tyler Algier. I I, I stopped. <laughs> I, just, I literally stopped the conversation. Yeah. Because like, mean, what the fuck, Greg? If you're listening, if you want 104, it's going to cost you at least 107. Garrett Wilson and a second round pick next year, and that's the start of this conversation. I'm willing to throw in a few other players, but any deal, Garrett Wilson is going to be in that deal. What about my first round pick? Give me back we, my first round pick. We can talk. See, the thing is, I don't want, and we'll get to some housekeeping items and we'll get to some the, the, the rundown in a second. I don't want to make a move until I know the draft, like until I know where people are drafted. And I want that orphan team to find a home before I do anything. I that orphan team going to get some offers from me. That orphan team some offers. I, I don't care how this sounds. I'm coming for that orphan team. Pause. Can I can I buy that orphan team? Like I joked no. about it last night, but can I buy it? Can I can no. I Dan Snyder this thing? Give me back your championship money and I'll switch out the teams. Talk, I'm not paying seven hundred dollars for a team. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Now I, I will say though, as I look as I look at my team, I'm like but this, I have to remember that this team won games last year. Like I was, yeah. I won my, I won the division. So like, I have to think that, I have to think that my team is still very, very competitive. I just got to, uh, I think there's just some fine tuned things. And that's why I'm trying to get back into the first round, because I think the player that I want to take, I don't know if everyone's going to be as high as him that I think will be, but I okay. don't know if he'll be there by my Two. first pick in the second round. So Let's again. I don't want like Gator J has made me a couple. Gator J off me Joey Bosa for a second round pick. My brother in Christ. Oh, was it a third round pick? I think it was Joey Bosa for a third round pick. Like I'm not trading for a defensive player. He's trying. He try, You know what? It's quiet as kept. Those those defensive players give you those. I'm not saying it's Joey Bosa, but some of those defensive players just give you like mad random points that end up helping you out like you don't realize so i'll get free game because this is what happened to me last year start two safeties like start a safety that roams the field and then start a safety that plays close to the box that's what i did like i started two safeties well i mean i started i started two middle linebackers i had i honestly i think i had the two best idp players like in the league roquan smith and uh a luke from jacksonville the top two one two of the top tacklers from the from from last year Easy, easy, yo. That was like a free ten to fifteen points a week, easily, yeah. easily. So that's like between the two, that's almost thirty points. Yeah. Heaven forbid if they get like a fumble recovery, a sack, anything, it just, 
price was going up. So, uh, um, let's do a few housekeeping. We can, you and I can talk at the end of the show. I have an idea, but it's gonna cost you to, to jump back in the first round. I'll give later. you a play on your second round pickback. By the way, okay, we can we can talk. We can talk. Um, as always, this show is brought to you by going for com. We'll talk later. Okay. As always, the show is brought to you by going for com. Head over to going for com for all your daily fantasy needs. Basketball seasons, we are getting, we're here for the playoff push. Baseball's getting started. Again, head over to going for com for all your fantasy needs. Um, D, tonight, we're going to be talking a lot of basketball. Football is over. We're going to talk a lot of NBA. We're going to talk about the race in the Western Conference. We're going to talk about the NBA, NBA MVP. We're going to talk about uh, some some football stuff. We're going to talk about uh, the combine, what the Bears should be doing with the number one pick. Rogers, Carr, Russell Wilson asking to, uh, Pete Carroll to get fired. Uh, you want to talk about some, some cinema stuff? Uh, yeah, you want you, this is a lot of stuff. And then we have a question that people have finally took us up on our offer and sent us questions. So we'll be answering a question tonight. Before we do all that, D, let's jump into this NBA playoff race. Uh, the All-Star game was a couple weeks ago. Going to be honest, the whole weekend was a whole lot of mid. I did not enjoy watching a lot of that stuff. It was just really boring to me, especially after Giannis and LeBron got hurt. Anyway, home shots, NBA games, playoffs right, right around the corner. East looks like it's a three-team race between the Bucks, uh, the Celtics, and the Sixers. Uh, the first question, and we'll break this down piece by piece, who do you think will get the one seed out of those three teams, and which team is the odd team out in the Eastern Conference Finals? <clears throat> well, you know, when I think about the Eastern Conference, I know personally I still like the Celtics to keep keep the number one seed. I think when you think about the Celtics, they are probably one of the deepest teams in the NBA. Um, obviously they're led by Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who are as formidable as a duo as you can, can really imagine. And then you start thinking about like the pieces they have around them. You have Malcolm Brogdon, you got Derek White, you got uh, uh, Grant Williams has been playing, uh, has been playing bad. You got Robert Williams who's back is not playing bad. I think this Celtics team is, is definitely built to, to definitely make another deep, deep playoff run. Um, I think, I think, the the one question mark I have about the Celtics is, you know, can they keep this continuity going? I think, you know, last night you saw them in New York without, which I believe without Jalen Brown, struggled a little bit, ended up losing to the Knicks in Madison Square Garden. So can they keep this continuity going? Um, and and also in a, in a seven game series, can can you know Joe Mazzulla, who I believe should be in the absolute running for Coach of the Year, can he be able to make adjustments and and set the right lineups to be able to match up with any team that they any team they might have to face in any of these playoff series? And I think that that's a big question mark that I want to have. That I I mean I kind of have on the Celtics. Obviously we know Ime Udoka was. I mean, he's still one of the best best coaches in the league. I think when he comes back, he'll be he'll get right back to it. I, I honestly I think that's another story. But I think. Uh, you know, just just seeing, you know, can Joe Mazzulla out coach uh, some of the other coaches in in the in the Eastern Conference, particularly uh, the team I believe they're going to end up meeting in the Eastern Conference final, finals, being the M Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I think when you look at the Bucks, um, similarly to the Celtics, they're deep at a lot of positions, especially with the addition of Jay Crowder. They have a lot of a lot of size, a lot of length. Um, they can they can shoot the basketball. They can they can protect the paint. 
Um, and then they have guys who can who can who can do a lot of everything at, at different positions, whether it's Brooke Lopez, who can obviously protect the rim and also shoot shoot the three while being able to be a paint presence. They have Jay Crowder now who can do some things. Obviously, when you have Drew Holiday, who's one of the best, better two-way players in the league. You have Chris Middleton, who who always seems to be there in those clutch moments, making clutch shots. This is a the Bucks are a really, really good team. Yeah. And similarly to the Celtics, they are deep at a lot, a lot of positions. I think. To answer your second question, my team being left out of, the, of this mix of the, in terms of the Eastern Conference Finals is the Philadelphia 76ers. And I know a lot of people are saying this is the year that they finally be, make, you know, get over the hump, get to the, not only the Eastern Conference Finals, but go all the way to the finals. I think my one question mark is after Joel Embiid's dominance and, and after James Harden's ability to make plays and get everyone involved, where does the rest of the scoring on a consistent seven-game series basis come from right if you if you if you succeed that you really won't be able to stop Joel Embiid and all you can do is contain him and you attempt to really uh neutralize James Harden who, who do you who else on the Sixers team do you look at and you say this this person can definitely can definitely beat, beat us on yeah. in a seven game series and I just don't know who that person is I mean some some days it's Tyrese Maxey right some days it's Tobias Harris um some days it's DeAndre Melton I'm still trying to figure that out. I think, you know, if we get to the playoffs and we see kind of that third that third player start to rise for the Celtics, I mean, not the Celtics, then, I, then I think maybe they give who I believe will be the second seed in the Milwaukee Bucks to run for their money, right? I think the the Bucks and the Sixers, that that series and that in that second final, uh, that, I mean, that, that semifinal matchup is going to be really, 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 really competitive, really, really good. I think, um, obviously, I think I'd give it to the Bucks in probably about six games, but, you know. That's, but that's more so because I see the Bucks being able to really kind of neutralize, find ways to neutralize James Harden, find ways to limit Giannis, I mean, not Giannis, Joel Embiid and just daring someone else to beat him. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. And it makes me sad because I love Joel Embiid and I love the Sixers. But yeah, like I don't, Celtics and the Bucks are the top two teams in the East. And whoever gets the one seed will go to the NBA Finals because that two seed is going to have to play the Sixers. And that's going to be a dog fight no matter whether it's the Celtics whether it's the the Bucks, whoever whoever gets that two seeds, when had to see the Sixers in the second round, and boy oh boy, you're going to be in some trouble. And I think it's going to be hard for any team to beat uh, the other team twice. Like it's going to be hard for the Celtics to beat the Sixers and then go beat the Bucks. It's going to be hard for the Bucks to beat the Sixers and then go to the Celtics. It's going to be hard for the Sixers to beat the Bucks and then beat the Celtics. So right, whoever gets the one seed in the East is going to have to play Cleveland in the second round, mate. Probably Cleveland mm-hmm. is a good team, but again, if we're talking about the Bucks or the Celtics, I think they can handle them in six. So I'm with you 100%. I think whoever gets the one seed is going to the finals. But so I, I like I like where you're going first. with this one seed, right? Obviously, I think we're in conjunction here that the, the two the the one seed is is pivotal. So I guess my my question is when you look outside the top three of the Celtics and the Bucks and the Sixers, what other team in the East can really realistically win a playoff series against potentially one? Like who could give one of these other these other three teams like a real run for their money. You mentioned Cleveland. There's yep. Miami in the mix. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if Toronto's in there, but you got the Hawks in there. You got the Knicks in there. You got a. Uh, uh, I think I said the Heat already. Uh, I mean, yep. like even like even now, like I can't even really start thinking about other teams that really have a. You know. It's I think, hard. I think I think it's the Cavs and the Cavs only where you got Evan Mobley. You got Donovan Mitchell, like Donovan, like I remember in the bubble, he and uh, Jamal Murray just like exchanging 50 pointers. Like that's the only team I can see giving a top three seed a run for their money. And Cleveland is a piece away themselves from being one of those top or 
like for the East to be, it's just four teams. So like it's only Cleveland. And I think who the Cleveland's going to get the one seed in the second round. I don't think Cleveland is there yet to take on the Bucks or the Celtics. So I'm gonna name some teams and tell me just tell me what you think. So we okay. have the Knicks. No, no, they can't beat anybody. I, I think the Knicks can win in the first round, depending on who they get. Right? Who who's fifth right now? The Knicks. The Knicks are fifth. Mm-hmm. The Cavs are fourth. Uh, I'm gonna say this: the Brooklyn Nets. I'm y'all are spiraling out of control. I, I I don't see the Brooklyn Nets. I think I think the Brooklyn Nets are going to be a play-in tournament team. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I think I look at teams like the Heat, who are currently seventh, two games behind the Nets. The Hawks, who are uh, a game and a half or uh, three and a half games um, behind the Nets at the sixth seed. The Raptors, who are five games behind, and then the Wizards, who are six games behind. Okay. So it's really going to start coming down to the Nets. I think a lot of the Eastern Conference teams are looking at the Nets like this team is food and they're going to fall. Yes. And when we're talking, so the playoffs start today. Bucks, Hawks, that's Bucks and four, Celtics, Heat, Celtics and five, Sixers and Nets, Sixers and four, Cavs, Knicks, I think Knicks and five, right? Like they're like the there's definitely funny, funny as kept. The Celtics having the Heat first round wouldn't be the cakewalk everyone thinks it would be five it won't very be, games. But it'd be it'd be five very close games, but like I think Jimmy Butler can no longer. I don't know. There was a really short window when you had a chance to win a championship if Jimmy Butler's your main guy, and that window closed when the bubble popped and LeBron won that ring in Disney. Like that's like that was it. That and when Jimmy left uh, Philly, because remember when Jimmy yeah. was on the Sixers? I mean, that was a really good team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals. By the way, lost to Kawhi yeah. in Game Seven. Yeah, like that. So. So let's go to the West. So the 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 West is a lot more competitive. Uh, the third and only three games separate three and thirteen. So out of these teams, what four teams do you think will make the play-in tournament? And do you think the play-in tournament team can beat can win in the first round this year? Because no, since the tournament's been implemented, no one who's been in the play-in has won in the first round. Okay. So for context speaking, the four teams current play-in tournament would be. The Golden State Warriors, the Utah Jazz, the Minnesota, Tem- Minnesota Timberwolves, and New Orleans Pelicans. Yep. Um, and then right outside, literally, literally like a game behind, well, half a game behind, you have the Blazers and you have the Lakers, right? Yep. I think that's where it kind of ends. I'll throw the Thunder in there, maybe the Thunder. So Blazers, Lakers, Thunder on the outside looking in. But right now it would be the, the Warriors, the Jazz, the Timberwolves, and the Pelicans. Of these four I mean, I think you would got to lean on the defending champs, right? To see they could they could possibly win a first round matchup if they were to make it into the playoffs. I would say yep. if they get the Grizzlies in the first round, right? If they got the Grizzlies in the first round, honestly, I think a lot of people really might might pick the Warriors. Yes, I think a lot of people would pick the Warriors in maybe like six or seven games, just knowing um, they have championship pedigree experience and they with Curry healthy, they give. They give the, the Grizzlies a lot of fits on their ability to stretch the floor. So yep. I, I would say I would start there by saying the defending champions. But I also think if you're the defending champions, you're a game, you're half a game behind the Mavericks for getting the sixth seed. So there's a yep. chance that the Mavericks might end up falling into the playing tournament because they yep. have a lack of playing defense. I think when you start looking at the Jazz, the Timberwolves, and the Pelicans, they don't scare a soul. Like nobody is really afraid afraid of them. Zion don't want to play clearly. 
the, the Minnesota, they're just way too up and down, even though they have a, a real big star in, uh, in Anthony Edwards. But they, they have a lot of injuries right now. I still don't understand what the hell's going on with Carl Anthony Towns, but I digress. And then you have the Utah Jazz, right? I think the Utah Jazz, they're like a team you're thinking, not there yet. They have Laurie Markin in, but they're just not they're not there yet. They're 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 competitive in every game. I just don't think they're there yet, right? I start I'm thinking when you start thinking about some of these teams on the outside looking in, uh, i.e. the Portland Trailblazers and potentially the Los Angeles Lakers, I think those are two teams that a lot of teams look at like, hey, we might want to keep them out of the playoffs because if yeah. one of these two teams get in, most I'm personally thinking the Lakers maybe more so than the than the Blazers, but obviously you got to respect Dane Lillard and his ability to light up anyone. I think the Blazers and the Lakers scare a lot more people than the Timberwolves, than the Pelicans and the Jazz. So very curious to see how how, how you know that'll play out. Um, so I would say I see the I see the four teams that end up landing in the playing tournament are going to be the Golden State Warriors, Portland Trailblazers, Los, Los Angeles Lakers, and the New Orleans Pelicans. I'll give the Pelicans their ability to maybe finish up strong if Zion ever decides he wants um, to come back and play. I just I don't know, man. This this whole hamstring thing is just it's funny to me. I'm not gonna say, you know, look, what the how is he can never mind. We'll talk about that and later. Because how does he keep getting hurt? We will talk about that later. That's that's kind of reflective of what the question is that we got today. Yeah, so that's my choice. And I could I, see, I could definitely see. I'll put it like this. I think the Lakers, if they get the eighth seed, well, yeah, right? It'd be eight. Yeah. It'd be seven or eight. It would be eight. They, right. I I have something. I think we're about to say the same thing. I think if the Lakers get the eighth seed, Denver fans, y'all are going to be really, really mad when y'all end up winning all them damn games to lose to LeBron James. There it is. That's what I was about to say. If the Lakers get the eighth seed, they're going to be honest. It would be. How do I say this? It would it would definitely change the perspective on these three MVPs. That because yes. yeah, I believe Jokic is going to win the MVP this year. Yeah, unfortunately. Sorry, Joel. Sorry, Giannis. Sorry, Tatum. But I think Jokic is going to win the MVP this year. So if you if you are the the Nuggets and you end up matching up with the Lakers at the AT and you end up losing in like six games, like what the fuck did you win these games for? I agree everything you said about the teams in the play-in. But yes, if the Los Angeles Lakers play the Nuggets in the first round, Anthony Davis is going to eat that man's lunch. Like he has his entire career, the same way Joel Embiid eats his lunch, the same way elite big man, I think Evan Mobley ate his lunch the other night in Cleveland. I am with you. And we're going to we're going to shoot, we're going to keep that going. I agree with everything you said about the play-in. I think the Mavericks are going to slip into the play-in, but I think they'll end up getting the seventh seed. I've, like that's too much firepower. They just I won't talk about the Mavs tonight. Like we're not talking about the Mavs tonight. They gotta so, play, they gotta play some more defense, dog. dog they gotta hand up. Just contest a shot. We're not we're not asking you to lock nobody up, though. We just ask you, don't let Anthony Davis score 30 points. Why is Luca Garden Anthony Day? Like, did you watch that game Sunday? Doris Burke. Watch, like watch the entire game and, and almost turned it off because I was like, how does this keep happening every time we play the Mavs? They just start shooting the fucking lights out. And then Jared Vanderbilt happened, and then literally, it was it was like a flick of a switch. Whole game turned around. Whole game turned Dog, around. When when Anthony Davis hit that fadeaway to ice it, 
Doris Burke was like, oh, Luca's on him? That's an easy decision. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like Doris was like, yo, Luca's on him? Oh, that's easy. Oh, like, man. Doris and that's where we are. y'all boys thinking out there? Yeah, there were a couple inbound plays, and Doris was like, wait. Is that Luca on AD? LeBron, just throw it to him. What are you doing? But yeah, um, I'm with you. I want to talk about this MVP because you talked about Jokic is probably going his third. Uh, so the, the race is Jokic seems like the clear cut winner, but the race is it's tighter than I think we realize. Um, if he does win it, Joker would win three in a row which is a very, very high praise. Like, the only person who has won three in a row. Uh, the last person who did it was Larry, and then the first person before that was Wilt, right? I think it's only Wilt and Larry Bird. So, let's see. He's averaging a triple-double, and, you know, he's on the verge of averaging. Like, his stats are good, right? And we see Does the he last get his third? Double won the MVP, and they had a worse record and a worse seating than right. Jokic did. That's why. That's what leads me to believe he's going to win it this year. So, do you want to talk a little bit more on that? I have a lot to say about this, but I want yeah, to let you. Yeah, I think I think when you look at his body of work and how he impacts his his team on a night to night basis, it makes sense why he is the MVP. I'm not going to be like some of you dorks out here and bring up the V Orp and the D Art and the pass rash combination plus minus. Save, save that for the bitches that do not care about basketball that you're trying to impress with your fault, your faux basketball knowledge. Save that for them. For for people who watch the game of basketball and clearly see what's going on, you clearly see this guy on a night to night regular season basis. He is the best player. Like he's the best player on, on most nights. He's the best player on the court. He yep. like the team doesn't move without him. You clearly see when he's off the court versus on the court the big difference in how this team plays. So I get I get why. He wins the MVP, and I can. I, he has my vote for winning the MVP. I think where I want to see Jokic's evolution is in the playoffs. You hear it time and time again from basketball heads who watch the game of basketball. All teams do in the postseason is they put this man in a pick and roll situation, yep. and they fucking cook him like a split pig, bro. Like it's same thing. That's why Golden State. That's why Golden State was feasting on him. It, it's. Dog, Golden State ran him off the floor last year. Like, he was on the bench in crunch time, and I feel like we just gloss over that. The Warriors ran him off the floor. Yeah, and you got to imagine if Steph comes back healthy, I mean, when Steph comes back healthy, which he's very close to, with Steph and Clay and Draymond's ability to find everyone, get everyone involved, you got Jordan Poole now. I mean, you got Jordan You got Jordan Poole, too. They're going to get Gary uh, Gary Payton Jr. I mean, yeah, Gary Gary. Gary Peyton the second back. I mean, this is a, a team when they're healthy, they are going to space the floor out. And that is like the worst thing possible to happen for the, the Nuggets, right? And versus a team maybe like the Lakers, who are very who have a very big paint presence. Like you're now you're gonna put Anthony Davis on him. Now you saw what happened when Joel Embiid and the Nuggets played. Like it was it was just cooking all day. They straight all cooking day. all day because you he for his offensive prowess, what he what he gives you on the offensive end versus what he gives you on the defensive end is just two two very vastly different things, right? And what you don't want to do, and what keeps continuously, whether it's the Clippers, whether it's um, the Golden State Warriors, they find ways to to expose him and make you be in a position where you either have to keep this guy on the court and accept that he's a defensive liability, or you got to get him off the court. So that you have to be able to, you're able to to cover to, to space the floor and cover. I think it's a difficult ask for for um, 
you know, a guy. I think it's easier in the regular season when, you know, guys are in and out of the lineup. Some guys, some guys may have been clubbing the other night, but seven game series, they got to focus on you. Teams are just going to keep doing the same thing until you show them that they can stop, that you can stop it. And I think that's where I want to see the evolution of the Joker in the playoffs. Can you make teams have to account for you offensively and defensively? Here's the thing about me with the MVP. He deserves it this year, but this is the first one he's deserved. He didn't deserve it last year. It should have went to Joel. And if anyone in this era deserved three back-to-back MVPs, it should have been Giannis two years ago because that would have made three in a row. But he hadn't won a championship yet. He would go on to win a title that year, I believe. So, and and I'm with you. Advanced stats have their place in basketball, right? They can help tell – Another, they can reveal another layer of the story. But whenever you talk to a Jokic fan, the first thing out their mouth is some advanced statistic. And it's like, I don't care about his VORP dog. I don't care about that shit. Yeah. All I know my, is my, my response is always the same. Yo, dog, I hear you, but watch the game. Watch the like, game. Yeah, he, uh, VORP numbers through the roof, yet they won 135 to 127. And every when he plays someone on his level, they eat him alive. Anthony Davis eats him alive. Joel Embiid eats him alive. And Evan, I guess we can put Evan Mobley in there. Like he's good. Like I'm not trying to like disregard him, but and I think like last year they fell in love with the advanced stats. Right? He was the was it were they last year the sixth seed and he wins MVP? Like dog, winning has to matter, and he's winning this year. That's what this year he's earned it. Like, I have no complaints. It's just he didn't deserve the first two. So now you're about to give someone um, their third MVP, and the farthest they've been is the Western Conference Finals. And that was back in the bubble. And what happened? Anthony Davis ate that man alive, and then the Lakers went on to win the championship. Yeah. And then, like, that was the playoff. Like, Jamal Murray was going bananas. Like, Jamal, I don't know, man. Like, he's earned it this year, Jokic. But he hadn't earned the first two, and that's what makes this so bad. You're going to give, like, Larry Bird and Wilt Chamberlain won championships in route at some point during their three-year MVP runs. Like, they had won a chip during that run. He hasn't sniffed the Western Conference Finals during this run. And advanced analytics, as great as they are, like, people who are watching basketball with calculators are sitting here telling me he deserves MVP because his VORP is through the roof. Dog, like you Volk dorks got to stop this. Like, And so it's I mean, with that, right? So let's just say that the Nuggets get the one seed, the Grizzlies get the two seed, Kings yep. get the three seed, Suns get the four seed. Let's say the uh, Clippers get the five seed. Let's say the Warriors get the six seed, Mavs yep. get the seven seed, Lakers get the eight seed, right? So right. <laughs> let me get this straight. So now you have to – your first round matchup is against Anthony Davis. Yep. Let's just say you win – let's say you – Beat him in six. You beat him in six. Now your second round matchup is against DeAndre Ayton, Kevin Durant, and Chris Paul. Fam and Devin Booker. You food. What like the you fuck food. are we going to do here? What are we doing here? Your food. Like, and let's just say, let's just say, by the grace of heavens, that let's just say the, the Grizzlies beat the Kings in the second round. So now you got to deal with Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson Jr. What are we what what are we talking about here? Did anyone else see the layup line that the Grizzlies had a couple nights ago when they played the Nuggets? That's all it was. Straight layup line. Layup line. 
like I think Jokic is, and again, I might be misspeaking. Like his game is great for the regular season when teams don't have time to game plan. But like when it comes time, like I got seven games to expose you. Like he comes up small more times than not. Like all like, and again, like what is his MVP moment? Like every like. And I, and I know the MVP isn't a postseason award, right? It's regular season, and that's why he keeps winning it. But like, like so, at some point, like I need to see something. Like, what is his performance? And over the past couple of years, where you're like, oh man, like there's I'll a. Take it, I'll take it a step further because I know we were talking about the All Star Game a couple of years ago. NBA, I'm gonna look you in the eyes when I say this. If you're gonna make my man, because what you're saying here is when you give someone three MVPs in a row, they're not only the face of the league, they are undisputedly the best player in the league, bar none. So don't give no no, respectfully speaking, don't tell me my brother is the best player in the league, but when it comes down to actual other players having to pick other players. For an all-star game, my man is second to last because he yep. forced himself on a team LeBron. Like, what the – because who was the first person LeBron chose with his with his pick? Joel. The players know. Like, I think that like, the players know. The players know. I think but, the players know that he's a great player, I think. So, t- I think the players know that he's a great player. So, I want to know why the players view – or how the, why the players view Joel Embiid and Jokic so differently. And when you look at the stats, when you look at the games, Joel Embiid affects both ends of the court consistently. Dominant. Did anyone else watch the Sixers and Celtics last Saturday? Joel Embiid was a presence on both ends of the floor. And I think we're both saying the same thing here. We got to we got to feel that second presence from Jokic on the on the defensive end of the floor. And we got to start seeing this 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 regular season game begin to really transition to the postseason. Like I don't want to I don't want to see I don't want to see Jokic. I guess what I'm saying is I think Jokic is too good to continue to get swept or gentlemen swept or losing in six games. Now, I know a lot of Nuggets fans are out here saying this will be the first time that mm-hmm. the Nuggets are going to the postseason fully healthy with Jamal yep. and, and Jokic. Good. Good. Like, that's what I want. I want you guys to be fully healthy so that this year you guys have the best chance to go into the postseason and make a deep run. And when I say a deep run, like, we're talking to the finals. So that way yes. everyone can at least say – this guy, he's taking his team to a finals. Even if he, even if he loses, you can't say that his game's not translating to success. Yeah, because I mean, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, if the Nuggets run into the Bucks in the finals, old buddy, pack it up. Oh no, that's gonna be nasty. I, now that that's a whole other story because I think in the like, listen. I think if the the if the Bucks were to win the West, they would be praying that they get the Celtics in, in, in the finals. Like they have to pray yeah. that they get the Celtics because that'd be their best chance. Yeah. Because if you get the Bucks or the Sixers, it is going to be a long day for my man. Because especially if they get the Bucks, yo. Because like Drew Holiday go if Drew Holiday could put Devin Booker in the camel clutch, what do you think he's gonna do, with Jamal? Murray? <laughs> And then you got Bossman ninety nine guard Michael ask, Porter. You gonna ask Jokic to figure out a way to deal with Giannis? And Brooke Lopez. Dog. Good luck. And shout out MPJ, too. I'm not going to forget about MPJ because he's a really talented No, player. don't even worry about Bossman 99. And, got and that. Aaron Gordon. And Aaron Gordon. So. Don't worry. Bossman got that locked up. Yeah. You're going to see. First off, uh, also, shout out Gator J. I see you in the chat. Shout out everyone else in the chat. If you're here, you're live with us. Holla at us, yo. This is some really, really good basket, basketball talk. So, I guess 
since we both kind of see that that Jokic will likely win the MVP, who do you think will be the runner-up? I think it will be uh, – I actually think it would be Jason Tatum this year. Yes, and then Joel I think it's Tatum. Yep, I'm with you. Jason Tatum's playing lights out. It's going to be Tatum. Yeah, which, man, I guess I guess to your point earlier about Joel not having one, it's like Joel, he's got to put one on his resume at some point because – he you know, should have had it, it last year. Yeah, it's because it's good. Now I'm going to look because now I feel like we're going to, as we get in the latter parts of Joel Embiid's career, I don't want the fact that he didn't win MVP to, to be held against him. It's like, hey, yo, dog, like he he easily could have won two. Yeah, it's like MVP. it's like Nash's second MVP, right? That's Kobe's MVP. Now, luckily, I think Kobe went on to an MVP at another time, and hopefully Joel does. But yeah, like. It's, it's the same thing. Like, Nash won that second MVP. It's like, wait a second. What are we doing here? This is what we're doing with Jokic. Oh, what are we doing here? And it's sad because he's earned it this year. Like, I have no qualms this year. The past two years, he has not earned it. And now he's going to be put in the same breath as Larry Bird and Wilt Chamberlain. Bananas. Yo, yo you're, you're, you talking about Nash's second MVP reminds me of the story I heard about Kyrie asking or Kyrie seeing Steve Nash's second MVP trophy and saying, "Oh, so this is the MVP that you stole from Kobe Bryant." No, when I not. when someone said, when I read that on Twitter, I said, "This is a lie. I don't believe this." I don't. But believe if that. it so happens, let's just say that it's true. On a scale from one to I'm about to whoop your ass, how disrespectful was that? Dog, I would take that trophy and knock that man upside his head. Blunt force trauma. <laughs> Like imagine Kyrie Irving basically telling you, "Yo, dog, this is the co- this is the MVP you stole from Kobe." Like that's Beans MVP. God rest his soul, dog. God yeah, we dog. Mm. We yeah, there'd be some furniture moving, but yeah. Oh no, they got furniture moving now. I'm asking. I'm just straight up asking. I'm telling him to yo, put your gloves on. We don't have to box a little bit. Put we have to box. Uh, you know, box. you know what I would do? I would lock the door and pull out the COVID vaccine. You'd be like, "What's good, bro?" <laughs> I pull out the vaccine. What's good, bro? What are you saying? Now, Nash would be like, Nash could rebuttal and just be like, oh, just like that ring you got from, uh, just like Hello. you got 2016. You stole that one from the Warriors. You'd be like, I mean, but Kyrie hit the shot, though. He could also say, yo, they were up 3 1. They had plenty of chances to win that one. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Nah, he couldn't bring that on me. They were up 3 yeah. 1. Um, let's shift gears to talk about some, some combine and some Bears talk. So we're deep in the combine. They got started today. There have been a lot of press conferences today. Um, the Bears on the clock. Bears on the clock since the Chiefs won two weeks ago. Uh, but a lot of us believe that they're going to trade the number one overall pick. D, you're the GM of the Chicago Bears. You're sitting in your chair right now. You have the number one overall pick. People are hitting you up. Yo, this is what I'll give you. This is what I'll give you. Um, what would you do with this pick? Uh, would you trade it? Or would you use it? Like, what would your priorities be this year with the number one overall pick? Um, I look at the Chicago Bears and I say, okay, you see, I haven't been paying too much attention to to Chicago Bears fans because I see a lot of you guys have the discourse of to keep or to trade Justin Fields. I think to anyone out here who says trade Justin Fields, please sit in a cardboard box and shut the fuck up. You don't know football. You are not a GM. You know what the fuck you're talking about. So yep. Start by saying that. I think if I'm the Chicago Bears, I I one have to look at my roster, right? I say you have your franchise quarterback. 
Yes. You've seen, you've seen based off of Jalen Hurts, based off of Josh Allen, based off of, um, you know, even Patrick Mahomes at some point. You've seen a lot of these young quarterbacks have tremendous success when you bring in a true number one wide receiver that they have to respect and try to double, which opens up a lot of the rest of your offense. So I think if you're the Chicago Bears, you put the word out to the teams, hey, to anyone who has an older, maybe aging wide receiver that's still in his prime, or maybe on the expiring end of their contract, you're looking to move up in the draft. It's very similar to what the Eagles did last year with A.J. Brown. 101 is right here and available. You come get it, and it's going to cost you. Yep. That's what I would do if I was the Bears. I would say, I think they're, they're, they're outside of that. I mean, because I'd look at this draft and I say, okay, I think if they want to start like drafting players, I think it probably will start on the defensive end. And I think outside of Will Anderson, unless you're very, very sure that you want to take Will Anderson at number one ov- overall, you can definitely trade back, especially if they're in the top 10 already. You can definitely yeah. trade back, maybe, maybe to four, maybe to five, maybe to six, depending on who it is. And see if maybe, you know, may, maybe Will Anderson to be there. If not, there are plenty. This, I think there's plenty of good defensive players that can really help booster your team. But I think if you're the, the Bears, I mean, I, I'm not going to say you don't need the number one overall pick. I think you can use that for, for a lot of advantage to be able to, to, to flip some things in, in the long run. I, 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 I hate the discourse around trading Justin Fields because a lot of people, that's how I know a lot of y'all don't know football and you don't know what you're fucking watching up there. Justin Fields is not the problem. If you've watched him in college and if you've watched the, the if you watched the Bears play, he has the ability to make plays. He needs playmakers. He needs playmakers. If Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney are your wide receiver one and wide receiver two, I promise you, you are not beating anybody over the top. You need a legitimate wide receiver one. You need it. I agree. I'm with you. We're not trading Justin Fields. The like you said, the goal is to get Justin Fields as many weapons as possible, but it's also draft the best player available, whether that's on the defensive side of the ball or if that's the offensive side of the ball. I would trade, I would trade one overall and I would get a haul. I'd get a, a couple of like if someone is that desperate to get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, all right. Well, you're gonna have to pay for Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. And then I would take that draft capital and flip it. Like you said, I can't think of a receiver right now. Who was in that AJ Brown fit last year, or you know the Stephon Diggs for Josh Allen? Like all I can think of is, excuse me, DeAndre Hopkins, and he's real long in the tooth. I mean, he could help for a year or two, but I don't know if you're going to get that same rapport. But yeah, you got to go find Justin number one. You got to find Justin, get some, get him some protection offensive line, but also yeah, trade one yeah. and and start rebuilding this team. You have all this cap space so that you can fill holes, especially along the offensive line. Like in free agency, like you get, you can do some things. Like think of them like as Jacksonville last year. Like you can do some things. I also, but, I also think if you're the Chicago Bears, wh- like why not go the route of maybe trading back like later into the top ten and getting a first round wide receiver along with trading for a brand new wide receiver. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you can go out there maybe get a uh, maybe a D Hop who who whose price may not be the biggest. And that way you're still able to maybe draft a Quentin, a Quentin Miller or a Jackson Smith Ninjabo, like one of the, or Marvin, no, he's not available yet. So one of these really, really good wide receivers, I think. And, and also I, I definitely think when you look at this draft class compared to the 2024 draft class, I think 2024 is going to have a lot of good playmakers. So you, I think 
you want to load up on some draft picks in 2024 too. I think you can, I think you'll be able to find a lot of good day two, three picks um, in, in this draft. But in pure, in terms of like pure day one picks, I think if you're the um, Chicago Bears, you, I would trade back into the top 10, get a haul, not only go out here and try to uh, get it like a DeAndre Hopkins S veteran wide receiver, but draft uh, a, a young, a young stud wide receiver and have them be able to learn under this young, uh, under this goat and get some of these other wide receivers the fuck out of here on your team, yo. Like, yo. Listen, I watch the Bears play, obviously, because the Packers play them twice a year. They won't beat nobody with that, that offense. They don't beat nobody. You got David Montgomery. You have Khalil Herbert. So you have a good two-headed, two-headed punch at the backfield. You have to get – you You got Cole Komet, a, 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 a tight end, I think, that will continue to get better in the future. You have to get wide receivers that can stretch the field and make you, make you have to – have to double one or the other and rotate your coverage. So that way you have a better chance of being able to rush the passer a little bit better. You know? Yeah. Or, you know, I'm just trying to look up some names. Yeah. Like I, I call San Francisco and say, what about, what, what do I have to do to get Brandon? You, I'd call Cincinnati and say, Hey, what I got to give you to get T Higgins, right? Like that, that'd be call number one. What you want for T Higgins? Well, Cincinnati GM says, if you're looking like, Cincinnati's GM says, if you're looking for a wide receiver, one, look look at a different team. because. T. Oh, yeah, Cincinnati. Like, you have T. Higgins for, like, I think T. Higgins was the first-round pick, right? So, yeah, you got T. for, like, another two years. I wouldn't do anything with T. Higgins until next offseason at the very earliest. But still, it's still worth, like, hey, like, I trade back, hey, man, I got the fifth overall pick. I don't think T. Higgins is worth that much. But, hey, I can give you a first next year. or Like, you can flip that and see if you can – Pry T Higgins away from. So you you, you don't happen. think there's a world where Cincinnati can pay both T Higgins and Jamar Chase? No, you can't. And well, Joe Burr about to get paid this year. But they let him go. They likely let him go. Joe Mixon. Okay, yo, Joe Burr. And we'll talk about this as we get closer to free agency. The first team that signs their quarterback to a long term deal is going to be the team that wins free agency, and I hope it's Howie, Howie Roseman. Because it's only going to get more expensive. Like if Jalen signs think, first, Joe's going to say, I want more than that. If Joe signs, then Herbert's going to say, I want the same as Joe, if not more. And then like, like it's going to be a real and Patrick Mahomes is going well, he in a league of his own. Can't nobody like I want what Patrick got because Patrick got two of them things and been to three and got an MVP. So I don't know. But yeah, whatever team signs their quarterback to a long-term extension first. Will win free agency. That and I'm looking at you, Baltimore. Stop playing with that man. I'm gonna Stop keep saying with it. that, man. Stop playing with it. Baltimore. Everyone in the league knows your offense is predicated around Lamar Jackson. You let this guy walk, the hell you are going to enter just will not be fair, and you're gonna be very upset with yourselves. When all you gotta do so is just me, pay the man what you want. Figure out the question. cap space is not real. Figure it out. That's what I would tell. So let me ask you a question about the Lamar thing, right? And the battle of the guaranteed dollars. Like who wins short and long term between those two? Short and long term, I'm saying the same guy's gonna win. Lamar Jackson is gonna win this because you look around these leagues, there are a couple of y'all's franchises that are in fucking hell right now. I'm looking at you, Las Vegas. I'm looking at you, New York Jets. Hell, I'm looking at you, San Francisco 49ers. I'm look, I'm looking at a few of y'all, and I'm like. One of y'all is going to end up just saying, we want to win. 
Let's just pay him. Atlanta, you have entered the chat. They, they got Desmond Ritter though, who didn't play and? bad. He didn't play. He didn't play. about Desmond Ritter when I can get Lamar Jackson, B? I'm saying you're going to give up. See, this is why I don't think the Lamar to the Atlanta thing is going to work out because I think Atlanta can still continue to build around Desmond Ritter who wasn't playing. Like, you you haven't really seen him on the – you don't really know what you're about to trade away because you haven't really seen enough. I don't think they've seen enough tape on him to say let's just trade him away. Like I think, I think there's, I think there's a, I think there's a, a world where they really maybe use this next year to really evaluate uh, Desmond Ritter and then try to make a decision, right? Maybe you trade him next year where you might be able, might be bad enough to get a Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams. But I, I don't, I personally don't see the the, the Falcons being realistic for 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 Lamar. I, I really think it comes down to maybe a San Francisco, it comes down to a Vegas, it comes down to a New York Jets, and I mean, maybe because the Falcons are in the NFC, maybe I see that. I but I could see Kyle Shanahan saying, "Yo, I'm tired of getting embarrassed every time I'm in the playoffs. Let me just go get a quarterback that can carry it all." Well, here's the thing, Kyle: you're going to continue to get play get embarrassed in the playoffs because you're not a good coach in the playoffs. Uh, well, you don't, you don't, you don't have to. My brother, you don't have to convince me. I, I know, I know, I know. He just. He, he he oh man. I don't know how so, I don't I don't know how my team has, has 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 lost that guy a few times, but so you just talked about Vegas, you just talked about Aaron Rodgers. So Rodgers and Carl right now, NFL world is waiting for them, right? Everything's on hold until those two things are decided. What do you think happens with those guys? I think Derek Carr ends up realistically in either Indianapolis, believe it or not, okay. or I think he there's a chance he could end up with the New Orleans Saints. I think when you look at the Saints and how their roster is constructed, they're looking they they look at their roster and say outside of quarterback, we're, we're I mean we're very competitive. Yeah. And if we get a decent enough quarterback with the weapons we have, um, you know, on our team with you know uh, Chris Olave, maybe a Michael Thomas. Obviously, we don't know the full the full trend uh, the, the full story of what's going to happen with Kamara. But when we're healthy, this is a pretty good team and Tom's not here in Tampa no more so this division is yep. wide open and I think the Saints are looking at the rest of the division and calling them sweet I don't think there's any there's no one in the NFC South without Tom Brady and the Bucks being there that really scares anyone so I think I think I could definitely see the the um the Saints or the Colts getting Derek Carr um I'm gonna be honest with you I wish and I wish Kyle was here from a research perspective but not only a research, but from a Packers for fans perspective of what I'm getting ready to say. I don't think Aaron Rodgers plays football for the Green Bay Packers next year. Really? No. We're here? I think we are here. I think if you've been reading in between the lines of some of Brian Gutenhose's, um, our GM's comments recently, he's been talking a lot about how um, there, there will be a lot of, there will be some, contract restructuring by certain players. I know he's mentioned David Bakhtiari. You know, we, we all heard about Aaron Jones, his contract restructure. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of emphasis on wanting to keep the team nucleus together because they know that they're good. And I think while I know a lot of the, I know a lot of the players want Aaron back, I think personally Aaron's going to look in the mirror, look at this team and say, what more can I do here that has not been done? And how many more years do I have to be able to see if it could work here? 
And that's what I think is going to ultimately lead him to leaving. Wouldn't surprise me if he also either ends up in Indianapolis, but I could also see him maybe ending up. Um, and that's the thing. I, I think that's where I struggle with because I, I that's a that's a large contract to take on, right? Very large yes. contract to take on. So I could also see him maybe restructuring his contract to come back, but I think I think we've seen the, the last of Aaron Rodgers personally in green bay i hope i'm wrong i just i just don't see a world where he looks at this team or looks at looks at things and says let me try this again after so many times trying and coming back and not being successful i'm with you i think rogers is gone i want to go back to Derek carr to new orleans because yes that's where i think he's going to be and i think that catapults new orleans to a top team in the nfc like the nfc south is weak uh, I know Derek Carr's issue is that he doesn't push the ball down the field. And guess what? In New Orleans, you don't have to worry about that because you got Slant Boy. So you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. And I'm don't kidding. Do like that. Don't He's do, not. Don't. Michael Thomas is not Slant Boy. Michael Thomas is route tree. All levels are elite. I don't know why I got the Slant Boy one. But I, I, th- I think if Kamara's not in jail or, and if he's playing – like that New Orleans team can be real scary next year in regards to like you have the Eagles, you have the Cowboys, the Niners, the Rams, and the Saints. Like that, those would be the teams fighting for it all. So I like that idea a lot. What What do you say to the people out here who say Michael Thomas isn't a slant boy? His quarterback couldn't push the ball downfield in the route tree that he could only run. The route tree that he was predicated to mostly run into the play calling because of the inability of the quarterback to push it down the field ended up being a lot of underneath underneath catches. What what do you say to those people? Do you say they're right? Do you just make excuses? What do you say? I say he gonna we go we not gonna find out because Derek Carr doesn't push the ball down the field either. So it's gonna be the same thing. Yeah. Well, they they were winning when when they had the dink and dunk. So yeah, come back. Like, I, I think plus, they they don't Plus, I don't think they need Michael Thomas stretch the field. If you watch Chris Olave, he can easily stretch the field. He's a great young wide receiver. I think he's going to be a great wide receiver in this league for a few years. And that defense is nice. Like I, I think the Saints could be a problem. Um, real quick, according to the Athletic, Russell Wilson asked for the Seahawks to fire both Pete Carroll and their gym before he was traded to Denver. LOL. Hey. Sometimes don't believe the victim. They was wrong. And this is one of them. I didn't believe for listen, I knew for a while the Seahawks had had to choose between Russell Wilson and or the management. Eight times, nine times out of ten, I usually side with the player. Yes. I watch enough Seahawks games to know. I'm siding with the organization on this one. Side with the organization. Yeah. Same thing's always been happening with Russ. He's an he's an MVP for like the first five to six weeks of the season, and then all of a sudden something happens. The next thing you know, that team's just slowly falling apart, and all people do is make excuses for the team instead of acknowledging for what it is. Dude is he aight, and that's okay. That's all he is. He's aight. That's okay. He's aight, and I think when you put him in a position to really completely make all the decisions, you have a situation like you have in Denver, where it's just messy. It's bad. Hmm. Pete, you're right. You was right. And we got a lot of people owe you an apology, Pete Carroll. Do you have a subscription to the attic? I do not. If anyone does, go read that story. It is absolutely fascinating the things Russell Wilson did 
his first year in Denver and the things that they allowed him to do. So apparently, like the the stories are true. He had his own office on the second floor of the facility. Players were saying you only go to the second floor of the facility if you're getting released. So it was kind of a weird vibe. His office was surrounded by like the wall was surrounded with plays he had to come up with and um inspirational quotes and he would host an offensive film session so like the offensive players would come to his office and they'd watch film and like that was kind of cool but they like sometimes it would just turn into him watching old seahawks tape and one of the players who was interviewed was like yeah it was kind of like walking down like he was walking down memory lane hilarious second thing he was out here doing jerry judy said that um so the, the Broncos had a really hard time this year getting p- plays off and, and, and avoiding delay of games. And Jared Judy was like, yeah, he'd be in the huddle, like trying to give us inspirational speeches before calling the play. And like that was kind of the issue. Like he'd be like, hey, man, you're going to do this. You're going to get that block. Go get that block. Like he'd be saying that instead of the play call. And then he would mess up the play call, right? Like he wouldn't remember or he couldn't communicate clearly the play call. And that's what led to a lot of their delay of games. Another, oh, it gets better. So some of the offensive linemen were saying that he was using cadences that they didn't use in practice. So they had no idea what he was saying, and that caused a lot of their false starts to the point where some of the linemen had to tell him, yo, stop saying that. We have not practiced that. We don't know what that means. Wild. Wild. I'm, if you, I'm going to present you with something that I said in the other group chat that uh, I, someone was in this group chat trying to tell me that Russell Wilson is borderline, like he's borderline an elite quarterback. Um, and I said, was he elite or was the team that he was on elite enough for him to cover up some of his blemishes because other teams just couldn't score and all he had to do was score enough points? They said, 